We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the telephone number. We'll talk to the Red Wings head coach, uh, Newsy Lalone, coming up. At 9.35, Red Wings playing some uh, terrific hockey. Uh, Greg in Detroit, you're on 97 won the ticket. Good morning, Greg. Hey, guys. And, of course, uh, I always have to say this thing to make me an educated fan and not an emotional fanatic. I uh, I want to call and comment on this. I didn't even think you were going to bring it up, but nothing get past you guys. Um, I, I really didn't appreciate that comment. I don't, I don't want to bring or oh, add no fire to anybody. I mean, I want let it what whatever we do, let it be played out on the field. Uh, he hasn't really been here. Uh, I mean, if he's if it's a trash talking, he can back it up. But he hasn't had any history. He hasn't been here. He's been injured, and I get that. And so I could see if there was a consistency there that you know people would interview you, and then you say, oh well, yeah, you know, you might talk some trash, and then go over and then follow on Sunday and and back it up. You know, I, I can see that to a point, but. I, I don't think that's who we are as as a as a team. I think we just go out on the field and we let you know our play do all the talking for us. I don't want to prick nobody, get nobody no motivation, don't want to get nobody no fire, don't want to give nobody nothing in what they already have. Let's just go out there and play ball. And just one other question: Where is um, uh, the player who has been all over the field and and dominating everything? I haven't seen him. Is he injured? Which which player is that? Uh, Anzuola or Anzalone? Uh, yeah, no, no, not Anzalone. I know Anzalone. Uh, the guy who's just come out of nowhere. I mean, Milifonwayno. Every... Yes. Yeah, he he's been playing. He yeah, just didn't been... he just didn't blitz the last game. He's played. Okay, okay. but it... okay, but if you can comment on, on, on my comment, I'd appreciate it. And you yeah. guys are the best. Thanks. All right, thanks. The the other thing that we didn't I didn't realize, but it's true when you you know. Reread and find Birchie's story on odyssey.97wanaticket.com is CJ wasn't even trash talking. He was riffing and he had no idea they were even going to be playing the Bucks because it was before the Rams game. They're talking about wide receiving groups. Oh, so he w- wasn't really taking a shot at well, he Baker Mayfield. Well, he was well, taking he, a shot, but he, didn't he know. He took a shot at yeah. Baker Mayfield, but he wasn't like, you know, trash talking going forward, you know? Yeah. And he was talking about, you know, and the whole gauge thing is different now in that context, right? Well, sure, but it's this it just like, uh, was it Greg, our last caller? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of, I don't care, you can talk all you want. Right. But what you do on the field, your pads should be what's doing the talking. Mm-hmm. And when if C.J. Gardner-Johnson can play to the level that they expected when they signed him, right? talk all you want. Because he's a good player. He yes. can be a good player. He can yeah. be an impactful player. Absolutely. Now I want to see it. Yes, he's got experience. He was in the Super Bowl last year. Yep. Lost, but he was in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> as you know. As, as I definitely know. Uh, you know who wasn't in the Super Bowl last year and who won't be in the Super Bowl this year? The Dallas Cowboys, which makes you and I very happy. Uh, I was surprised, maybe not as much as you, that uh, Jerry Jones had a statement yesterday basically saying Mike McCarthy's coming back. 
It's a cumulative effort, it, our failure uh, that took place on Sunday. It's not just the coach. It's the players. It's the front office. He even said me, which is stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get it. The players really like playing for Mike McCarthy. I know TJ has talked glowingly about him at times. Uh, sure, he won Super Bowl him. with him. A- a- exactly. So I get that, but I just think, and you know, you can sit and pick on a coordinator all you want, uh, being Dan Quinn, who everybody loved up until Sunday. Um, Dak Prescott has not played good in the playoffs for the most part of his entire career. So I understand that it's not on Mike McCarthy to a certain extent, but John, it's a coach's job. They looked completely unprepared. And yes, maybe it's more defensively that they were unprepared and that's on Quinn, but he's the head coach. It all falls, falls under the umbrella of head coach. And, and it gets me to think that, and I know this is not true, that Jerry and the Cowboys, you know, they're, you know, we're okay. We saw we win our 12 games every year. Everybody talks about us and all that stuff. And if we go far in the playoffs, better. It almost seems like they don't care. I mean, because of his history with head coaches. Well, if you go back, I don't know, to like like the late 90s. All right. You had Barry Switzer for four. You had Chan Gailey for two. Dave, Ocamp- or Dave Campo for three. And at that point, you're like, okay, well, Jerry's going to make a change. And, you know, he's going to be that guy that just isn't patient. Then it was Bill Parcells for four, Wade Phillips for four, but then it was Jason Garrett for 10. Right. And for 10 years, they won three NFC East championships. They had three playoff berths, right? Three playoff berths in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And Jerry Jones didn't move on from him. So I... I thought that they were going to do it, but I guess we shouldn't be surprised yeah. that Mike McCarthy is going to be back for a fifth. You always thought that uh, Jason Garrett had some pictures or something, because after a while, it's it was, a decade. Yeah, and 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 you know it was well. Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl more than anybody else. He's Does willing he? to pay. He's willing to make changes. He's willing to be dramatic and do all those things. Well, it's it's not really kind of his track record. I mean, why, why would it work next year? I, I agree. That's my thing with this. That's why I think they needed to make a change. You've, and you've got two really good candidates, I think, just fit if they just come in and coach and coach to their best of their ability. They ignore the Jerry part of it. Let Jerry get the talent because they are good at they're good at drafting. They really are. I, I know a lot of people like always talk about owners meddling in things and stuff. He, he knows what he's. Well, he has a some, football background. Yeah, exactly. And that's huge, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you got Bill Belichick potentially, and I think Vrabel would just be an awesome fit there. I think so as well. And and that's kind of what made it even more surprising is, you know, okay, the perception is that he would, would, would make a change simply because they hadn't they hadn't done anything in the playoffs and that Mike McCarthy's time was up. But the uh, the perception was also you've got Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, You've got a number of other options, more so this year available to you than you know than any other year. More good options, more proven options. That why wouldn't he do that and go after a Bill Belichick? Why wouldn't he do it and go after a Vrabel? I know because he maybe he still likes to feel that he's in control. But think about it, two straight or three straight twelve win seasons. Two of them are champ, division champions. You lost to San Francisco in the wild card. Then you went to the divisional last year, and they did play the Niners tough. But now you do this to a seven seed, right? And oh yeah, it got blown I, out. I, 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 I'm home. just shocked that they kept them. I, I don't get it. I am too. And and it brings up other questions about coaches that are available. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh has interviewed with the Chargers. He's interviewed with Atlanta, yeah. as as has Bill Belichick. But let me ask you this question: 
if you could protect one coach and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this coach can't be taken, can't be hired away. You can, and you could say Jim Harbaugh. You could also say Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, the two coordinators for the Detroit Lions. Dave Fipp. Okay, you could say Dave Fipp. <laughs> you could By say. Way, can, I, can I ask a question here? Yeah, Just sure. curious. Why? Why? Because they always talk about the three tenets of football. You know, offense, defense, and special teams. Three phases. Yes. Okay. Tenants, phases, whatever. <laughs> here, how come it's only coordinators? For the most part, they get head coaching jobs and never. Spe- the only special teams coach that I can remember getting a head coaching job is John Harbaugh. Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, he was. A, he went he from the special a, yeah. teams. Yeah. Right to a head coach. I, I believe he did. Okay. Um, but very. But it's a very. It's, small it's a percentage. rare occasion. Yes. Sure. Um, well, you, okay, you look at at John Harbaugh's resume, and he was an assistant coach at a number of different positions on both sides of the ball. Right. And then he was a special teams coordinator and then a head coach. Right. So he's he had experience. Okay. Just... Um, yeah, you don't hear it or see it a lot. Yeah. Like Stan Kwan was never a head coach. <laughs> never became a head coach. Yeah, yes. Um, you know, or I Fossil's and, uh, kid in Dallas, right? Yeah. Is he still yeah, there? Yes, we can we can name a lot of special teams I'm, coaches. I know. Um, but it's um I don't know why that that, okay, that is because just... it is one of the three phases. Yes. Um, but if you could protect one coach, which means you could lose all of the rest of them and mm-hmm. say, you know, for me, it would be Ben Johnson. I would protect him and say, you can't take him. I'm willing to lose Harbaugh. I'm willing to lose all of these other coaches. But Ben Johnson, because of the fact that hey, he's developed a great relationship with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is playing as good now as he's ever played in his career. If you got a good quarterback playing at a high level, you got a chance to win a lot of games. I would protect Ben Johnson and say, you can't hire him. I'll, I'll let everybody else go, almost like an expansion draft, but you cannot take away Ben Johnson. Look, that's, to me, that's an obvious one and definitely one that's going to be popular, and I understand it completely. However, I'm going to go the other side of the ball and take Jesse Minter because I just think what he did in that with that was that defense, you know, look, Mike McDonald basically set the foundation and he made it even better. Maybe you can argue whether we had better players or not. I don't care. They were brilliant this season. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is the players, but a lot of it was the fact that he was able to do different things and, you know, all right, I'll save your, Oh, it was Connor Stallions. No, I don't care. Jesse Minter I think is a great defensive coordinator. And I don't know personally who would replace him if he left. You know, would, would it be Clank? I, I, I don't know. So to me, Michigan became a national champion because of their defense and their run game, but more the defense. So keep, Jesse Minter stays in my mind. So that does, it provides a question like, okay, who would be next if it's not Jesse Minter there? Um, and much like for me and Ben Johnson and the Lions, th- that's the, the side of the ball that's most talented. I would want to keep that intact. For Michigan, the most talented side of the ball coming back and the most experience is going to be Michigan's defense. So if you can go out there and play really good defense, you give your offense, especially if they start slow, and in the, in the second week they've got Texas. Texas. 
So if you could find a way to slow down Quinn Ewers, that offense, maybe you could stay in the game and get a win early on so that your offense can come along. They've got a lot of guys coming back. And Jesse Minter, I, I use the term, you know, blocking ghosts. He did a phenomenal job in the Rose Bowl of that offensive line for Alabama. Didn't know where where you know pressure was coming from. They were blocking, you know, three guys with five. And then all of a sudden here comes, you know, Mike Barrett unblocked. I think he did a tremendous job. It's the John Jansen coaches draft. Who are you not losing? 97 won the ticket. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. We got in the uh, expansion draft. We're calling it the coaches draft here. Uh, and our football programs here, Michigan, the Lions, Michigan State, I don't think qualifies right now because Jonathan Smith is new. You're not going to protect anybody because you don't know how he's going to be. You might want to protect Jonathan Smith. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he's not going anywhere. No, right. Um, exactly. And it's just like you don't have to protect Dan Campbell. He's not going anywhere. Exactly. So, by the way, I do want to mention that Dan Graziano is the senior NFL national reporter. Uh, he came out with a column yesterday predicting uh, – Who's going to fill all the vacancies? I'm just curious what you think, John. Um, for the Atlanta Falcons, his prediction is Belichick. Okay. For the Panthers, um, Brian Callahan. That the court, one of the coordinators in uh, Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. He says they're going to just keep Pierce. Yeah. For the Los Angeles Chargers, he says Harbaugh. There's a ton of smoke around the situation. Harbaugh is not to be a fan of Justin Herbert. And the Chargers are a team desperate for both attention and wins as they work to establish a foothold in L.A. Unless Michigan can entice Harbaugh to stay put, this feels like the most likely landing spot for him. Um, interesting. Seattle. Vrabel. Vrabel, yeah. Tennessee. Aaron Glenn. Going defense to defense. Washington. Please. Washington. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. I could see that being a good landing spot for for Ben. Um, oh, it would be, it would be number, magic to have two Johnsons there. <laughs> <laughs> and and he does a really good job <laughs> of switching between the run and the pass. <laughs> I, know. I just put that on a <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, the magic would love. You know, Aaron Glenn's that. personality, you know, even though Rabel's not there, he fits that Tennessee the way they always play, tough. And the- yeah. Um, and, and, but, but getting back to Ben Johnson in Washington – um, they're going to have the number two overall pick, and he'd get to select his quarterback. Or he'd get a chance to look at what they have and say, do I like this or not? Right. Uh, Maybe Sam Hill, uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. 
know, uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett, right? Is also in Washington, I yeah, believe. He the, yeah, he's the, the backup. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it'll be Drake May, I would assume, because I assume Caleb's going to go number one. Right. Whether um, it's going to be the Bears or not, which I think it will be, I don't know. Again, I have no idea. There's a lot, lot to happen between now and then, but I think that'd be a good spot for him to to be able to mold his quarterback, his offense. Um, I mean, the other question is, uh, I'm not hearing his name in terms of head coaching opportunities, but where does Eric Bieniemy end up as an OC? Maybe Ben Johnson keeps him. I don't know. Or whoever the head coach is. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. But his name is not being mentioned at all. You know, one of the things that hasn't got mentioned with the Chiefs offense struggling this year is that. Eric yes. Bieniemy's not like, been there. Yeah. How I mean, much did that, that, does that matter? I mean, we don't know, but you've got to think it's got had some impact. True. Yeah, and, and, and so although he the, never he didn't drop passes though, but but here's the <laughs> issue. No, but but you you think about okay if this is Andy Reid's offense, fine. But your offensive coordinator is you know they're going to have a say in how things are going at practice. One of the complaints from the Commanders practice and some of their offensive players was that Eric Bieniemy demanded too much of them. Aww. I know, and, and, and that's my reaction as well. But now all of a sudden you look and you say, okay, well, what's going on in Kansas City? You've got drop passes. You've got penalties, like penalties where you're not paying attention. You're lining up offsides. Part of that might be that Eric Bieniemy is not there demanding perfection at practice. And he wouldn't allow Travis Kelsey to date Taylor Swift. <laughs> not a Michigan. There's some tech, ticket texts. Not a Michigan fan, but even if I was, I'd say Ben Johnson. I'm already nervous about next year. Okay, by the way, you have a playoff game on Sunday. Don't even think about next year. Well, About being nervous yet? Next year, yes. All of those things will take care of themselves after the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, don't worry about any of that stuff right now. But – the concern is because we are in this coaching cycle. Right, he's going to have interviews that, tomorrow. Yeah, and and but the, the, I don't. He can interview as much as he wants. I don't think that's a distraction to no, him he, or no, the team. Neither do I. The, where I'm going with this though is you had a team, the Philadelphia Eagles, that were in the Super Bowl last year. What happened? They lost to both coordinators, and all of a sudden this year they got to a certain point. And even when they were ten and one, nobody thought that this was the same team as last year. Right. Personnel wise, yes, they weren't, but. They weren't playing on either side of the ball like they had in 22. Right. Now, one of their coordinators who they lost to become the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, most people in Philadelphia couldn't they couldn't get him out of there fast. They, he, people hated him. They thought he was an awful coordinator, even though they went to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl. Right. And, well, and both of them proved to be pretty good. Like, they outperformed, I think, expectations in Arizona. They also way outperformed in Indianapolis. True. I mean, the Eagles' first problem this year rooted back to on the field, their secondary and middle of their defense on the back. It was yes. awful. It never got better. But no. then you went to Matt Patricia, and uh, they allowed 28 points per game the rest of the year. I mean, anybody that ever tried to just say it wasn't all Patricia's fault here, I think we've had it confirmed that it was. Yeah, it was a lot. Definitely the majority. Um, speaking of uh, defensive coaches, if some team hires Aaron Glenn, they'd be doing the Lions a favor. The last time I checked, the Lions' secondary stinks. Okay, I kind of agree that the Lions' secondary stinks. I kind of think it's just as much, if not more, on the players than it is Aaron Glenn. Yeah, there, there, are, there are some deficiencies in talent. Yes. I'll say this. I, I, would, I would love for Aaron Glenn to get a head coaching job. I'd like to see the Lions have a different d- defensive coordinator. I, I can't, tell me what, 
what do they do good? Well, they've they're gotten better. They're at really m- good at stopping the run. Yes. They're okay. excellent Fair. at stopping the run. Really Fair. good. Yeah, they're like yeah. the top five at stopping and the run. In the and last five weeks of the season since Denver, the, it, they've been creative as to how they've pressured the quarterback. Secondary is still a major issue. But I think some of the secondary issues is like we had just mentioned. It's a lack of it's a lack of loft. Yes. Let me to, ask to you, go it's, full it's loft. Yeah. I'll put it this way. As long as you get a really good coordinator to replace him, Jesse Minner. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I what if Harbaugh leaves and uh, and doesn't know, take him with him? Glenn, get, Glenn gets a job. Who would you rather have your D.C.? Minner or Glenn? I'm putting him in a real tough spot. I, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I I'd say Minter. Yeah. I mean, because he you, does have NFL experience, he too. He does, yeah, at Baltimore. Um, and you, you, you got to love how Baltimore's one of their trademarks is they always play really good defense. Yes. Um, ben Johnson over everyone. He's the mastermind behind our offensive production. Sharon Moore can step in for hardball. We wouldn't skip a beat. We can also get a defensive coordinator that can produce the same output. Ben Johnson, we would lose quite a bit of production, and those third and medium fourth down calls would take a hit. Okay, that's true. However, maybe if you had a different uh, offensive coordinator, your third quarter performances would be better too. Well, there's <laughs> yes, there's 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 the the the. I'm not sure. And Gov, you and I have talked about this off air a lot. We've talked about it a little bit on air. How much of this offense? Because when they fired Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell took over, what happened to the offense? It got it got better, right? And how much of this offense is influenced by Dan Campbell? And Ben Johnson's the one making the play calls on I'm, Sunday. But I'm sure Dan Campbell's it's pretty equal, if not with game planning, though. Right? Yeah. So he, it, it, this is Dan Campbell's offense yes. inherited from Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Now, if you lose. Ben Johnson, and you bring in another coordinator. I think Dan now knows more, having hired Anthony Lynn, fired him, and then promoted Ben Johnson, what he's looking for in a coordinator, in a guy that will listen to him and perform what he wants and what he wants to see from his offense. See, I think just quick on this, though. I believe if, if the Lions are truly trying to do the Steeler-Raven thing, which they've kind of admitted they have, where you're always you know competitive, those teams coordinators go out the door. They come in and they go out. And once in a while, they make a bad one. They yeah, like Canada. Yeah, exactly. But they get away from it, and they always fix the problem. And and I don't. I, if that's what the Lions are trying to do, they'll be just fine replacing coordinators. All right. Coming up next, we'll hear from Red Wings head coach Derek Lalone. Ninety-seven won the ticket. Yes, they have not lost this calendar year. They are 6-0-1 in 2024. Is that now their second win of only scoring? Well, they haven't lost in regulation, I should No, say. no, I know that. But the, the, their second win, we talked about you know the wins that they have where they've scored four or more goals. That's their second. Their second one with three or less. Correct. They, um, they beat Anaheim 3-2 to two last week, and they beat the uh, Panthers last night. Three to two. Uh, also three to two in overtime. So uh Newsy Lalone scheduled to join us momentarily. Uh, the story of the of, of the Red Wings right now is Alex Lyon. I mean, he's just been a godsend. I mean, and he was a godsend for the Florida Panthers last year when they yep. were struggling to make the playoffs. All of a sudden he comes in, a goaltending problem. I, I, I don't remember if Bobrovsky was injured or he just wasn't playing well. 
But all of a sudden, you know, a lion comes in, wins like seven in a row or something crazy like that for Florida. They barely make the playoffs, and then they get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, Bobrovsky played in the playoffs, but it was Lyon they got who, him there. who got him there, and they showed their appreciation for him last night. They did a you know welcome back video, which is always nice to see when somebody makes a major contribution to especially a, a run in the regular make season. The Stanley Cup Finals. In the regular season. Yeah, but if it wasn't for that. No, I know, but the, oh, the, the, the video. video yes, oh, yes, yes absolutely. Yes, we discussed we that said last that last week. week. I said they should definitely have one for Stafford next year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, they, teams. We're not necessarily think about a recognition. Yeah, whatever for, you know. For, how, for how, how, however way you you want to frame it, yeah. that that would be the that would be the way. Um, also, last night the uh, the Pistons lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves, one twenty four to one seventeen at Little Caesars Arena. They're playing. They played a really good team. Obviously, I mean, t- Timberwolves, best record in the West, I believe. You know, Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man, with 27. Carl Anthony Towns had 27. And Rudy Gobert. Remember, Rudy Gobert is still most famous for what? Do you remember that? Uh, the, the the press conference right before COVID. Yes. Yeah. Good call. 19 points, 16 rebounds last night. But Ivy is really starting to play well. Now, what's crazy is they needed, like, an organizational meeting and maybe a little bit of Cade's injury for Monty Williams to have faith, trust, or whatever in Jay Nivey. Well, so now he seems to be building it. Yeah. When Cade comes back, how do those guys, how does Jay Nivey continue to play at this level and Cade come back to where he was playing, you know, scoring you know, 35, 40 points yeah. in some of those contests? And how do they play together and maximize their talents? Yes. That's a question that Monty Williams has to figure out. Ladies and gentlemen, as advertised, he's the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Newsy Lalone, how are you? I'm good, guys. How you doing? Thanks we're for just, having me. Oh, uh, well, look, we couldn't have scheduled this any better. Coming off uh, a, a nice win last night, huh? You guys just set up a call every Thursday, once a week, whenever. Yes, every road trip. We we will. You <laughs> guys, you guys played very well last night, and you know for the. Not the first time, but defensively, you, you held your own, uh, obviously. Yeah, it's been our trend of late. Um, probably since the New Year's, we've given up three or two or less. Um, we've had an emphasis on defense. It gives us a chance every night. Uh, I think a lot of it has been goaltending. Oh, yeah. uh, our little run here has come at the same time. Alex Lyon came off the injured reserve. Um I think he has a high compete about him. He gives our group confidence, and he elevates everyone. And even, I think he even elevated James Reimer's play uh, in Toronto on uh, Sunday. So good on the guys. Good little stretch here. If you want to stay in this battle, you got to have some stretches like this, and we're missing one right now. now. Alex Lyon, obviously you mentioned the compete level. How was the compete level for him last night, knowing he was going to go against his former team? Excellent. Uh, I think something like that, he, I don't think there was any nervousness. So I think he actually embraced it, uh, was excited about it, and he's just in rhythm right now. Um, and again, we are defending much better, but not only is he making big saves, he's making timely saves. It just, it's been, uh, been fun to watch. And his story is kind of amazing. I mean, he was a basically a, a backup and a minor league goalie for years in the, in the Philadelphia system. He had two games with Carolina, and then last year when Florida needed him, uh, 
to get into the playoffs. He was the guy, led them there, and now he's here, and uh, he's just doing such an incredible job. When did you, you sit there? Was it training camp that you sit there and said, man, this guy's something different? I mean, he is an Ivy League guy. He did go to Yale. Yeah, he did go to Yale. Our goalie coach went to Yale, so he got to Yale. I think one's a bone and skull. The other one, they, the secret society is real. I, I always thought it was a movie or a joke, <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, it's real. Um, yeah, I just the, the the position's different. Uh, obviously, it's a career minor leaguer. It is a position you can mature in. Uh, it's an amazing story. Basically, it's a career minor leaguer. Uh, obviously, he's Ivy educated. Uh, there's uh, many uh, times in his career that uh, he thought maybe his career was over uh, as a hockey player. Uh, but he just battles. He competes. Uh, good on our management team. They signed him as a number three with a purpose. Uh, obviously, that position is something that's kind of been up and down for us over the last couple of years. Uh, it's just the nature of the league. If you, if, if you don't find that goalie through the draft, it's just hard uh, to find that elite number one. And um, we hired him with a purpose. Goalie depth was an issue for us last year. And, and look at us now. Uh, thank God we did sign him. Uh, good job by our management team. Can you point to anything uh, defensively since the, the, the start of the calendar year other than your goalie where this is why defensively you guys have been better over the past eight, nine games? I know it sounds simple, but we, we just had practice time. Uh, we had that, that torrid stretch in December. Uh, it was no one's fault. Uh, we had the Europe trip because we played – two games in a 12-13 day span uh, going to Europe. We knew we were going to have this crazy condensed schedule. I don't even know what it was. We literally played 14 games in like 22 days. It was, it was absolutely crazy, but it just coincided with injuries and no practice time. And you can see the detail in the game was just not there. We just were able to have practices, uh, 40 minutes to detail our game, emphasize just stopping in the D zone, stick detail, just kind of almost like practice or training camp habits. And give the guys credit, it correlated. And you could just see it improving in our game and building. And uh, and this is where we're at right now. Newsy Lalone Jones joins us on the Stoney and Jansen program. I was in the stands with my family for the Nashville game, which was a real exciting game. The Brinkett had the Gordy Howe hat trick. He won it overtime. But I came away saying – you know, it was really fun, but they are still too easy to play against. Has that yeah, changed, yeah. and is that fair? That's not one hundred percent. It's it's, and again, I don't, I don't. We, you know, it's a little. It was a little of our DNA, and I'm sitting here as a coach. I don't mind it. Obviously, as a coach, I don't love it. Uh, you, you saw us last year. We yeah. were. You could come out of game saying, "Hey, I don't. I see what they're doing. Uh, we just couldn't find goals." So. Good at our management team. We went out and got some added depth, but now it's a, it's a little like DNA. We literally have eight or nine forwards that kind of think or lean or spend their DNA their whole career to score goals. And when when you just have guys that it's not in them to check, you just you got to just kind of keep at it uh, and kind of battle with the guys, if you will. I'm just making them understand, hey, we've had some wins here. We've been successful. But if you ever really want to be a team to, to have a chance, we've got to improve in this area. 
And I, again, I give the guys credit. It's not in some of their DNA. Uh, some guys like to have an anticipation for offense or maybe lean offense. We've got two guys in our fourth line that are averaging more goals per minute than all of our top guys. And usually those fourth line guys just check and win, and win shifts. So it's been an interesting group, but I think it was a necessity of ours because you know, we probably would be sitting here like we were last year in the same situation and we just couldn't find goals. So I think it's a little DNA thing. I give to a guy's credit. I think they've adjusted their mindset. Where do you see where do you see a need for this team to continue to improve? Because right now you're in the playoff standings and you mentioned it, hey, sometimes it's practice time. Um, for the defense and just being out there and, and playing at a higher level, where do you want to see this team show improvement so that you remain here or possibly even improve your standing? Consistency in that D, that D in the, in the keeping the puck out of our net. Uh, again, I just mentioned that DNA. Uh, we're riding a career minor league goalie. I don't know if it's completely sustainable uh, to, to keep this defense where it's at, but if we want to have a chance, we have to be. So that'll be a message. That's what we're going to work on, and that's going to be our goal going forward. Uh, Patrick Kane didn't play last night. He's not going to play against Carolina tomorrow, which is, you know, he's got a lower body injury. I don't know if Scotty was the one who started it, but you're a football fan. You see injury reports. We know exactly, basically, what the injury is. How come in hockey they never say what it is? It's either lower body or upper body. Other than that, nobody yeah. nobody knows. That's a great question. Uh, I actually mock the media sometimes. Uh, it's just I think it's the the, the nature of we, we have a very physical game. Uh, we pretty much play every other night. There is a little culture of our game where physicality, going after players, going after skill is part of it. Yeah. Um, I just think it's part of uh, just the the culture of us just protecting the players on exactly what's wrong where and why uh obviously with the upper body this day and age of concussion protecting the players on that part so yeah that's uh i think there's some some purpose and reason to it and i don't maybe vegas just doesn't worry about us gambling enough they want to be a little more specific i really don't know you're right uh, there there is some truth to it uh I'm done with Vegas. Like every time I, because I don't, I don't gamble, but I literally just look at the schedule. It has the Vegas line, and last night we were a plus two hundred. Toronto, we were plus two ten. L.A., we were a plus one eighty, and we just beat them a week earlier in L.A. And I, it's it's funny. I we we were we had uh, I put the analytics team on just our win probability <laughs> of of playing Reimer versus. Uh, Reimer or Line were going to get one or two games or back to back, and I wanted from them where and why. And he was laughing. He goes, Oof, "Vegas hates you guys." <laughs> I go, "I don't care about that, but I just want to know, you know, what's the best chance of winning at home Saturday or getting all four points with who we start?" And so we actually had a pretty good laugh about it. So I, so I, I'm done with Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If, you, if you're thinking you guys the last three games on the money line, you made a lot of money. All right. Yeah. We we know you love your Buffalo Bills. So before we call the Lions, Saturday night, I believe the Bills are going to be going on the same. Are you, are you going to call on six Saturday night with a game no, against Tampa? No. You're you going to have a little Sunday, Sunday night, night. I mean, not actually, Saturday night. Sunday we actually night. have ex- we actually have experience with this. I the gods lined it up for us. They changed 
the game for Buffalo to Monday night, I was literally in the elbow room uh, on Fort Lauderdale, uh, famous bar on the strip there. It's a famous bar for Bill's Mafia. <laughs> I went with my buddy Todd Bean, yes. and uh, it was, swear to God, I felt like I was outside the stadium. There must have been 70 uh, upstate New Yorkers, western New Yorkers. Uh, we were high-fiving on every play. Uh, we got some team photos. Uh, had a blast. I, I give full credit to Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, obviously a Buffalo native. He's not as invested, if you will, as Todd Beam and I are. Uh-huh. Uh, but I grabbed him and I said, hey, I need you emotionally involved. And he had a good laugh and we had a good laugh the next day. So, uh, But we have experience. We literally went through, we were in Toronto during the Lions game. And right. all of our, our guys... You forget about our guys are Detroit natives like uh, Alex DeBrinket, Andrew Kopp, uh, Dylan Larkin. These guys are huge Lions fans. And Lions fans since been five years old, and this is this is this is big for them. They're, they're no different than the average fan. They are ecstatic, and we're literally playing, and we play in Toronto. And we finished up at that Toronto game. It was an unbelievable win. Everything went through for the 24 hours. We ended up winning the game. And then we did not leave the locker room until that game was finished. <laughs> uh, and you know how that game was down the stretch. And we were watching our coach's room. And we are two video guys are animals. They're so invested. Uh, they live and die with uh, the Lions. And you could hear, we were excited about it, but you could hear the roar from the locker room down the hallway when the guys win. So we have some experience. I will have uh, my Alex Tangay getting reports uh, from uh, the Buffalo, Kansas City wine tribe. Yes. But like when the lines are playing, it's literally like third and six. We're on the 22 yard line. <laughs> I'm, and like, I'm like, tanks, tell him I don't need to know. We're trying to win an NHL hockey game. I don't need to know. <laughs> Just the odd. Hey, uh, there's six minutes left in the third quarter. They're up six. I don't need to know. Uh, missed interference call. <laughs> like, in the, like, like I, I tell him I get it. I'm trying. I'm, we're trying to win a national hockey game. So, so hopefully so. your game will be over against Tampa before the Bills Chiefs game will be over because they they start at what eight o'clock on yeah on Sunday night. Yes, we're going to be able to catch for sure. And you know what? I, they, ideally, the Lions game. I think everyone was kind of hoping we would get a noon start moving that game and some because the guys were all would have found a way to get over the game, but. Um, it's not ideal, but you know we'll be, we'll be able to at least watch the game uh, before the game starts. I don't know how in, I don't know how well received my pre scout will be uh, <laughs> that day, uh, but the guys will be. Everyone will be watching in the locker room on Sunday. And you have some Tampa ties too, obviously here. Yeah, huge Tampa uh, ties. Actually, uh, one of my sons uh, grew up all playing with uh, the athletic trainer. For uh, the Tampa Bay, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and their whole medical staff actually coming over to our morning skate on Sunday. Huh. Uh, they're huge. They're huge. They have literally in the medical office. They have a Nick Lindstrom and Steve Eiserman jersey wow. in the Tampa Bay Buccaneer office, which they sent a picture to David Joseph. That was pretty cool. So of course, you know, spending their time in Tampa, they had their Super Bowl win uh, when I was there. And Tampa is a small city, so it's you're connected and you see those guys around. So actually, it's pretty cool. Well, good luck tomorrow night yeah. uh, in in uh, Raleigh against the uh, Hurricanes and you Lions have, uh, Bills uh, you, Super Bowl. Yeah, I would. I honestly, 
it would be amazing. I don't know. I, I, I would struggle with it. But you know how, how big of a Bills fan I am, but I have been just, I've jumped on this Lions thing. It's, how can you not? It's been so fun to watch. You guys know how I feel about Coach yeah, Campbell. I know. And just, and just watching this team grow and the swagger of it and just the attitude of it and the excitement of the town. Uh, I would love it because both teams would get there, but that would be hard on me. Very hard on me. Well, you got a big five game uh, home stand coming up. I know. John, you're going to be down there for the Dallas game, right? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, yeah I'm, I'm going to be on the glass. Um, yeah, I so me and I my son, it. I'll be banging away. So Perfect. Uh, well, hopefully we'll perform well for you. All right. Coach, thank you a lot as always, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right, that's uh, Newsy Lalone, head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, here on 97-1, the ticket. Hey, when it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've got to win one game at a time. (laughs) On the glass. Uh, But when you bet the... Okay. All right. (laughs) Wherever. Kitchen guy. Hey, it doesn't matter. Location does not matter, trust me. (laughs) Hey, but when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. Banging the glass, <laughs> spreads. What's what's the matter with you? Hey, trying to talk a little gambling here. And right now, every day, there's an NFL playoff game. FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That no means sweating. when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you're going to get bonus bets back if your SGP doesn't win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Jansen if you don't already have an account and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL and 97 won the ticket. Must be 21 or over in present in Michigan. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Boat refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets three that legs. expire seven days after receipt. Yeah, that, that middle on one. Yeah. Yeah. And max refund, $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems or others, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.